Let's do it here. Another edition of Gods on the Go. All the sports talk you need from the weekend. Less than 40 minutes. This new Friday release date. We're loving it here in the fall. We're going to love giving you our takes on the week. But first, we got to tell about the people that make the show possible. Mohawk Honda selection is king here in upstate New York. We love saying that. Even in the fall with the weather changing, the hoodie short weather, as I call it, for some people who are reasonable, they actually put pants on. And they go out and they enjoy the September and soon to be October weather. Well, you can still get a new ride coming up here at Mohawk Honda in Glenville. The 2023s are on the way. The 2022 prices are going to be benefiting you. That supply chain, we've been saying it throughout this year, has been so bizarre and strange. Stop waiting. Take advantage of it before we stop telling you that the supply chain is back to normal. These prices might be more likely to what you've seen over the last few years. Get a deal from people that you can trust during the car buying experience. And if you want a name to drop, it's Scott Moynihan. By God, it's Scott Moynihan's music. 30-plus years, he is back in Mohawk Honda, helping people find the rhymes that they want for the future, for those tailgates, those big football games, and more. I'm working with Cam McKenna. The last two vehicles I got, shout out to Cam, Brian McKenna, Lindsey Harrington, Craig Johnson. So my guy MJ in there, everybody, man. VIP man Morales, so many awesome people helping you find the vehicle you're looking for. It is Mohawk Honda in Glenville, New York, where they always go out of their way to please you. And our friends over at Johnstone Supply in Troy, 6th Avenue in Troy. Stop in weekdays, find the tools you're looking for for those fall projects. And as you see that weather adjusting, changing a little bit, is your house equipped for those changes on the way? Now that the Fall weather is here. It's a bit cooler. Is your house going to be heated properly? The furnace, the boiler, whatever it might be heating your home, make sure the experts know that it's good to go. Do you even know what's going on in your home? Just call them to make sure everything's fine. If you have some questions, it's 518-272-5922. 518-272-5922. George and the crew will answer the call and help you find exactly what you need even if you've got questions or upgrade your furnace, your boilers, whatever you're looking for with great prices at Johnstone Supply in Troy. George has been helping people across upstate New York for decades. So happy to be working with him from day one here on Gons of the Media. If you missed his story, go check it out on Getting There with Gons, where he talks about Johnstone Supply in Troy. And share that number with your friends, your family, whoever it might be. You're looking to make that change? It's Johnstone Supply in Troy. Check him out on Facebook as well. Johnstone Supply Troy NY. Johnstone Supply Troy NY is the face that if you're looking for it, it's Facebook. We can find all the updates and more. Johnstone Supply in Troy. Heating furnaces staying warm with the colder weather on the way. Let's do it. Let's get into Gaz on the Go. Are you as surprised as I am that you see that NFL logo leading off with all the great stuff here in September and October that it's an NFL logo and not so much about the NFL weekend. We know that football's king. You look at the numbers, you get all that. I'm talking about Thursday night football and what just happened. Bengals, Dolphins, I waited till the end of the game to hit record on this one because I want to get all the updates I could. And you, if you're listening on your morning drive or the afternoon, you've been warned. I've told you right now that that local sports talk radio host, wherever you're listening to this, maybe the national sports talk radio host, the newspaper columnist is going to be ranting and raving to the sky, pumping their fists in the air. There's no reason Tua should have gone back out there. The NFL has a problem. Fire everybody. How could they do? We all have eyes. We all saw it. 
We had, we don't need to. I'm not gonna give you ten minutes on how bad of a decision that was. That Tua clearly concussed from five four days ago is back on the field. I'm not gonna give you ten minutes on that. What I find more fascinating, more interesting, and I think the conversation that's far more important is: Have we advanced with the concussions? Like, think about this for a second. I remember when that Will Smith concussion movie came out where Will Smith probably thought he was going to win his first career Academy Award for that, and then he had to slap Chris Rock, and he played Richard Williams, and alopecia jokes, whatever. But that movie, first time ever, I got an exclusive viewing for a movie. And I remember sitting in the theater thinking, oh, boy. Yeah, this is going to change some things. If you were kind of wondering, wavering on the concussion world, the fact that it came out in December during the holiday season and was likely going to be an award-nominated film was going to have people reconsidering what they thought of concussions. Now, anybody who has, I guess, poorly pun intended here, a brain, understands that blows to the head is not good for your health. In a clip that I retweeted on Twitter from my guy Matt Verner, I'm at Fanside, it showed that even guys like John Madden in the 90s, when Jim McMahon was playing quarterback for the Minnesota Vikings, knew that concussions were issues, head injuries were issues. This is not rocket science or... Second time in a row here for a pun. Brain signs to figure out blows to the head are bad. But what have we done as sports fans, sports consumers, to make sure that when those athletes, whether it be at the professional college or high school level, are taken care of and we're doing the best things in their health? Because when I played in 2008, 9, 10, my fall was wrapped up there, concussions felt like the focus on them were finally on the rise. That you actually might see a player sit out for a month because of a concussion. We used to take concussion tests pre- and post-season. But it was only for the freshmen and juniors to see how much damage might have been done. And I'll fully admit some of my teammates just did the tests as fast as they could to get out of the room. Was that good enough to make it get done? As a society, I know we're not all doctors. But here's what it felt like on social media last night. Hit bad. Hit her, hit bad. Wow, that was bad. No shit, it was bad. Like, we all saw it. Tua fell on the back of his head, his fingers go up, he's got the fencing response. But that's all we can talk about 10 years later, 15 years later, 20 years later? Isn't that the problem? That we can't have a helmet that tells us how bad the hit was? That at the end of that broadcast, you know what, not in the end, at halftime of the broadcast, the crew is criticized because we're not offering the take of, hey, uh, remember when Tua... Got hurt a couple days ago. That might be a problem. And at the end of the broadcast, Al Michaels pops on and says, Tua is going to travel back with the team and everything is good. Now, the keyboard warriors had already gone out there. I know Brian Kidney from White Heat's going to love that term. But the keyboard warriors had already gone in there and said, fire everybody. Fire everybody. Even though Ross, the owner, is suspended already by the NFL for a different thing. But at halftime through the game, everybody wanted everybody fired. And before we even knew the status of the injury of Tua. Like, that's the issue. The fact that 15 years we haven't advanced in concussions, anybody can figure out what a broken leg looks like or a broken arm or a finger. But the most important injury we as sports fans still don't have a grasp over. And we can't blame technology. That's the cop-out answer. You can't do that. When we've seen technology advance the weights, think about where we are now, right? You can have insurance for pizza that you order. You just watch that game on a website that you use for Black Friday off of your TV. 
So we just watched the game on Amazon Prime with the Sky Camera. We've got insurance for pizza. I can tell you anybody where and when they're listening to this podcast, but we haven't advanced on head injuries. We can't tell you how bad of a hit that was, how to protect the athlete better, what we can do for the future. If you say, guys, we have made steps. Dr. Chris Nowitzki, who I've interviewed before, like we've done things. But okay, have we? Because Tua got on the field, and we as fans didn't know what happened. We couldn't evaluate it. We didn't have the analytics. I can tell you how many yards that a Chris Olave rookie from the Saints has run for in the first month of the season. That's right. Yards, average ball thrown. We've got those analytics. But we can't figure out how bad Tua's concussion was? That's the real problem. It's not about what's going on involving all these other things in football about how we can make the sport safer, which is very important. It's that how much progress have we really made on concussions in sports? Because after last night, that's what stuck out to me, that all of us still feel like we're in the dark about how we can make this sport safer, all sports safer for athletes at all different levels. Happy I don't have to do another week of will he, won't he, when will it happen, what will the record mean? Aaron Judge at 61. So we've got about 10 days left of the season. Depending on when you're listening to this. One more weekend following this one. It's likely 62 is going to eventually go over the fence and a new American League home run record will be set. And we'll look at the record books and still see Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa, Barry Bonds. It's weird that people continue to balance this, right? Like, we can't put down Barry Bonds if we're going to put up Aaron Judge, but we... But some people don't think it's the real record. Let us just focus in on what the accomplishment is for Aaron Judge. New American League record, whenever it happens, 62 home runs. He bet on himself. That is the theme of this whole thing. Whether you're a Yankee fan, a Red Sox fan, a Met fan, I don't care what you are. That should be the most exciting part of this. You know, it's a different second time in a row here on this final edition of Gods and the Go in September. Looking at it from a different angle, a more difficult and hopefully more interesting angle of that's what more athletes should do. Bet on themselves. That's what salespeople should do. Hosts in sports. Hello, podcast. And more. Bet on yourself. Professional wrestlers that Cody Rhodes feel to. And I know Cody Rhodes tweeted about Aaron Judge. Aaron Judge said, I know what I'm worth. I'm going to go show you that I'm worth this. How empowering is that? You want to talk about competition. You want to talk about improving a sport. Hell yeah. So if Aaron Judge wants to get paid by the Yankees next season, he can. Go play for the San Francisco Giants, the Boston Red Sox, and see if Steve Cohen can pony up some money for the New York Mets, whoever it is. That has been the theme of Aaron Judge this season, betting on yourself. And whether it's Aaron Judge's contract, my guy Tito offered up the hot take of, did it actually hurt Aaron Judge breaking the home run record because he's already peaked? Hey, as long as those paychecks are cashed, man, He's going to be okay. He'll be fine. I'd rather be peaking going for a contract than plateauing when you're looking for one. So shout out to Aaron Judge. He's got the record tied right now. Hopefully by the time you listen to this, he would have broken the record. We can actually talk about the Major League Baseball playoffs and preview them in two weeks on this show. Hopefully we'll be under the orange roof for some Yankee baseball games. And we've got Aaron Judge making memories in the Bronx, and hopefully for young baseball fans, having a memorable season. I hope for that. I hope that young fans are watching this like McGuire and Sosa did. It'd be pretty cool, man. It'd be great for everybody.
Bills fans, why do you have to be annoying? Why why do you have to do this to me every single fall? Guys in the go. I'm, I'm telling you, I've done this to you guys before. I'm bringing back a take that I thought I was going to have to retire. I thought I was done with this. It's not that the Buffalo Bills are an all-time great team performance-wise still early in the month of the season. I said that to you guys last week, that they're in Buffalo, the category of the Chiefs for Mahomes' rookie season. They're in that Patriot category, the Bronco first season with Peyton Manning and the Panthers. Like Those teams over the last 15 years have been some of the most dominant teams in the NFL, and Buffalo looked like that against the Rams and against the Titans. Nothing's changed. Guys got hurt. Miami was pretty good. The Bills aren't undefeated, but my goodness, are there more excuses that come out of Bills fans than any other fan base? Now, maybe the algorithm on social media is making people look bad because I know during a great Syracuse basketball game, and at times a Syracuse football game, the people that I follow on social media love to yell about refs, but I feel like the ref take is not unique to any other game. You know, the officials are crooked. You could just search that. It's almost like searching the coaches that you want to be fired on Twitter during a game when the team is losing. That is not centric to Syracuse. But the Buffalo Bills fan making excuses of, well, they didn't have this guy. They have that guy. Miami's not that good. Miami's this. My Just take the L, man. Like, it almost feels like it's Buffalo against the world. Which is a bit endearing. I'll give you that. I think I would rather have my fan base be delusional and feel like people are working against us and that's really why they're losing the game. And in their minds, they're 19-0 compared to a cynical, depressing, woe is us, of course they would lose fan base? Yeah, I guess so. I guess I'd rather have the -the over-the-top, we should win every single game, I know we can do it attitude that I hate watching my team, I could... Quit on them. I can't wait for the top pick, and I'm already looking at 2023 mock drafts. You know, Bill Finn, you just convinced me. Even though you are annoying and whining after every single loss, and you think everybody is against you, and it is not even entertaining, it's just boring. I guess I'll take that over. Uh, Jet fan, I'm just picking on you here for a second. Jet fan that was trying to tank for Trevor. But the Bills got to get healthy, uh, and that's it. You know, like. What am I going to break down the running game? Singletary played fine the most recent game. Von Miller's a beast. Stephon Diggs has talked about as one of the best wide receivers in the NFL. Josh Allen's awesome. How much more can add? Just got to get healthy. You'd rather have the injuries now in September than December or January. Hot take there, guys, but true. Bills fans, you're a little annoying on Twitter. Sometimes the videos are over the top. But I guess I'll take this. Rather than what you've had to deal with the last 25 to 30 years of woe is us, we're depressed, everything goes wrong for us. The swagger's at another level. Sometimes it's not fun to watch and you can actually lose games. You can admit you can lose once in a while. Maybe Bill's fan just won't want to do that. You got a tough game with the Ravens coming up, by the way. We'll get to that later on. Giants and Jets, knock it off, you two. I see what you're both doing over there. Cut it out. Because the Giants and Jets, I know there's a lot of New York people who listen to this podcast. Obviously, it's upstate New York based. But Giants and Jets, I'm telling you, I almost cut you guys out of the podcast this week. I was going through the notes. I was going through the timing. I'm like, what What am I going to do with the Giants and the Jets? What, what do I have to offer that already hasn't been offered this season? Look, the Giants, it would have been amazing if that team got the 3-0. With how 
bad they played. And I kind of stumber, stamper, stutter through all that stake because were they bad? Like, maybe that's exactly what they are. A low offense team that plays really good defense. They played against the backup quarterback. They were in that game for most of it. Saquon Barkley's a freak. Like, do you want me to tell you that the Giants played? That's what we've got for the Giants the whole season. That's, that's it. That, that's what the team is right there. So they're now 2-1. They went back to being a hard team to watch after I was hyping them up last week, saying they're entertaining and fun, and I don't know what to expect out of it. They still stink. Daniel Jones is still bad. I don't even want to keep doing this. All right, you get it. So the Giants will get the Bears this week, and Giants-Bears will be mentioned coming up as well. So we could preview that game. As for the Jets, the fun stuff for Jet fans is the return of Zach Wilson. Look, New York in that game against the Bengals who grabbed that win against Miami, the Bengals could easily be 4-0. They were never the better team in the entire game ever. Like Cincinnati was way better. Joe Flacco went back to being a backup quarterback where he is in his career. Some of the rookies look like rookies. They're just not anywhere close to being on Cincinnati's level. Now, New York flips around and they get Pittsburgh, and Pittsburgh's offense is nothing to get excited about at this point. And that three and a half line is a little interesting to say the least. But we'll find out what Zach Wilson is. It's amazing to think about, I like the fantasy takes that I've seen about this too, that Jet fan and fantasy football manager looks at Joe Flacco, who's been on three different teams in three years, who's past his mid-30s, and they are more concerned about the second overall pick recently in the NFL draft, Wilson, than Flacco to put up stats. Let's find out. I hope that I can come back on our first October show and have more exciting things to talk about with the Jets and the Giants. But they're both bad. Uh, they both have a ways to go. And let's get some exciting, fun stuff to talk about. Because if the pace continues this way, you're going to be out of the podcast. You're not going to be talked about. You're not going to be on the top of New York sports fans' minds with the Mets and the Yankees and hockey coming back and the Knicks and the Nets, slowly the Giants and Jets can work their way out of this conversation. And who knows, by the time you listen next week, unless they play well, we might not be talking about them as much. We will continue to talk about Syracuse football, though, because the Orange are undefeated there, 4-0, and and Empire State football from the FBS to the D3 level needed a little bit of love. I saw that Fordham wide receiver go off and have a big game. I saw Utica University likely should be in the top 25, but getting votes. But it's still Syracuse football that's the top of the tongues of the conversation of college football fans in the Empire State, and rightfully so. A battle on Friday night against Virginia. I told you that was my lock of the season on there. And record setting five field goals for Syracuse, but that's okay. Syracuse now 4-0. They get Wagner, where Nate Mink from Syracuse.com has reported that Syracuse, although the line's not posted in New York, is a 54.5-point favorite against Wagner. So let's just, for the sake of this conversation, say the Orange get by Wagner, and they're 5-0, just one win away from a bowl game eligibility status. October 15th. College game day has never been to Central New York, at least for football. And the NC State game is potentially in play for that one until NC State was the traveling team to take on Clemson this week at college game day. It felt so close. Penn State and Michigan could both be undefeated. That's a big game. Utah, USC is a big game. It's tough to see the game day pick in Central New York in mid-October. It happen. 
But everything right now for Syracuse football is gravy. It's good. It's gold. All that stuff. The fact that you can be undefeated heading to NC State, Notre Dame, Clemson, and Pitt, and Florida State, that stretch of games where you're likely going to be an underdog in all those games, and maybe you have carved out a couple of wins. Maybe you're in the conversation for the Orange Bowl. You hope a few things bounce your way, and who knows? You could be out in the San Diego Bowl, the Holiday Bowl, something new, something fresh. You know, the Fenway Park Bowl's in play. It's been 10 years plus the Pinstripe Bowl, which you're probably going to hear a lot this season. But Syracuse football, they're fun to watch because they're winning. I'm enjoying that. Uh, Sean Tucker, you know, I've gone back and forth on this about Sean Tucker and 44 and his impact and how great he Let's just all admit he's not playing well. Yeah, you can blame the offensive line. I know that's the easy thing to do with a running back. It's not blame well, but Tucker's been fumbling. They've been using him out of the back. He just hasn't played well. He can bounce back. Garrett Trader's been awesome. Quarterback for the Orange has been as good as you can ask. As I like to call him, uh, Ovian Davian. That's what I'll call him. So when you see him making plays, he will be the best Syracuse wide receiver out there. Garrett Williams doing his thing. Love it. I'll give you more about the Orange when they get ready for that NC State game. But Syracuse fans, I would not get too excited about maybe seeing LeVac and Goss tailgate from a parking lot. Unless the Wolfpack pull this off. Be rooting for NC State against Clemson this week. Let's keep those Central New York vibes going here. My guy Matt, same shots, the same media group. Make sure to follow them on social media. Always doing some great jobs on Facebook, posting their clients. No, I'm happy to be a part of that team at Sames Media Group. That LeMoyne is making the transition from Division II athletics to Division I. Cool. Like, shout out to LeMoyne for doing that. I will stick by the tank, and COVID's really affected this, that eventually within my lifetime, maybe even within the next 10 years, depending on school budgets and more, that college athletics is going to be as simple as this. You're going to have scholarship schools and non-scholarship schools. It's going to be Division I and one big thing. FBS, FCS, when you get to the higher football schools, and then it might even be chopped up. And then Division Two, Like, D3 will become D2. You'll have junior college, you'll have JUCO and all that stuff. But that Division Two sandwich, I don't think that's going to exist. Because the problem with Division Two sports is you have, like, partial scholarships, but it's hard to draw an audience for the attendance. You might have one school that's super popular. I use the College of St. Rose here for an example. They have national championship contending soccer teams the football team doesn't exist and basketball does okay but it's hard to continue to find ways to put it into an athletic budget if you're not seeing a return in investment for these scholarships so maybe st rose like that's a school that's better off going d3 and having no scholarships and maybe having just one division one sports soccer that take right there can be used for a ton of schools in upstate new york hobart's the cross RPI, Clarkson, Union, RIT, Plattsburgh, all can be hockey schools. All D1 hockey. Utica, you're in that mix too. You could be D1 hockey. Union, forget about you, Dutchman. D1 hockey. So if you want to take some of these schools and just make them Division I to one sport, give them scholarships, great. Let them play D3 everywhere else, okay. But that D2 window should be closed. And if LeMoyne says we're going to make the effort that we believe moving to Division I basketball, lacrosse, soccer is going to benefit our school, put us on a bigger stage, get in some conferences, some TV rights, hell, we could be the next St. Peter's. That's all a great move. What bothered me about the LeMoyne story, and you can save this cut if you want. You can go back on YouTube. I'll take the I'll take it. It's on God's TOMG. It was easy. 
is the brawl that started with the Syracuse Central New York media members. Dan Tortara, who were asking to be on this week on getting there with Gaz, melted down over the story that Dante reported, a former Syracuse kid is not even working in the market anymore. He tweeted it out. It got traction. People cared. That's the thing that really pisses me off now in the media world. That somebody has a story, they report it, it doesn't get traction. Somebody later on does the same thing, they get traction and they get jealous. And trust me when I say this, uh, I've probably done that before being younger. There's probably a story, an interview, a quote, a cut where I got pissed and I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, you can cite me. I can tag you in this. I already did this. I think it comes with maturity, you would think, in the industry where it's like, hey, man, like, why are we not on the same team? I'm helping you. You're helping me. What are, what are we doing here? So I can see why there might be a little bit of resentment of that. And it's hard for some BD members to understand, like, they have an outlet to promote as well. But Dan Tartar didn't have to go to his Facebook page and post about Lemoyne 13 times in a row. And call somebody unprofessional. What do, you, what do you mean unprofessional? The kid just did a story and you also had it. He was supposed to follow and know who the hell you were. Okay. So that's the learn, lesson learned from the Lemoyne thing. That's a lot of L's right there. Great, they're going D1. But if someone scoops you for a story, okay, they do. If someone gets more traction, that's a whole different world. Don't be jealous because somebody got more retweets and a bigger outlet. But most people would learn that. Yeah, it's frustrating. Yeah, it makes you feel like, hey, why am I not getting the attention? Look at me, look at me. But you should be a little bit more mature about it. And maybe Dan and I will have that conversation on getting there with Goss. But if you're a Lemoyne fan, it's great for the program. Still, scholarships and non-scholarships. Be ahead of that, then behind that. The Dolphin Athletic Program is ahead of it for sure. We can't squeeze in the WWE and AW this week. I'm sorry. I know. I could look, guys. It's been a month and a half of me telling you how great the WWE is, how great MJF is. You've heard nothing new for me. There's there's nothing new that jumps out to the headlines this week out of the professional wrestling. The headline and the fine sports that needs the attention is Earl Spence versus Terrence Bud Crawford. Now. Before you zoom by me here, let me paint the picture for you. We talked about Tyson Fury. We talked about Anthony Joshua, about how this mega fun could happen, but Tyson Fury never agreed to it. But Anthony Joshua's people, who are just some of the dumbest in sports, are like, we did. We agreed on it. Earl Spence Jr. and Terrence Bud Crawford was supposed to be the modern day, we feel old after that statement, Pacquiao versus Mayweather. Two fighters dominating their divisions. Will they fight? Won't they fight? Protecting their own legacies. Waiting for the mega payday. And these two should have fought in their 20s. Now they're both in their early 30s. And it seems as if the mega fight's finally going to happen. Earl Spence has a horrible car accident in 2019 that it seemed as if his career was going to be over. He came back. He had a horrible eye injury. A detached retina. And is still able in his most recent fight to get a TKO victory. So this fight is going to be one of the best in boxing, but here is the problem again. According to ESPN's Mike Coppinger, this fight would be scheduled to go off on November 19th. Uh, if your calendar is correct, it's about September 30th or potentially October. So you're telling me one of the biggest fights in boxing that's been waiting to build for years, the two true prospects in the sport. If you're not a fan of heavyweight boxing, if you're a fan of speed and defense and guys really trash talking, yeah, Fury can do it, but these guys can do it too. We're getting one month of a buildup? That's it? We're not getting six months? We're not getting three months? Is the wait over? 
Hell, I felt like McGregor and Mayweather were on tour for an entire summer like it was the Warp Tour. Like, this is the stuff that bothers me about the fight game and the fight sports, that you've had this sitting there, waiting. You announced that it's going to happen. And then people like Coppinger have to hop in and be like, whoa, like, the lawyers didn't sign anything. It's not happening. Why do boxing promoters want to jump the gun so often just to get the name out there to make somebody else look better than the other person to get the buzz around the fight? You got to iron this stuff out. This is the most important part of it. So now here we are talking about the fighting sports. Here we are talking about this weekend where AEW and the WWE prep for some pay-per-views and big shows where AEW is crowning new champions, where the UFC is trying to find ways in which people are going to make weight. And here is boxing's opportunity to be the talk of the fight game on this week's segment, heading into the fall with competition. And you dropped the ball. Yes, I want to see Earl Spence. Yes, I want to see Bud Crawford in the ring one-on-one. But waiting, stalling, confusing. Guys, this is so obvious. Why boxing's been shooting themselves in the foot for so long. Just get the fight done. Promote it properly. And let's see some of the best in the sports battle. Because this could be one of the fights of the year. One of the best fights in boxing, arguably, the last 10 years. If it's done right, and if it's not, it'll be like Triple G and Canelo 3 with the same promoter, DAZN, nobody talked about it, didn't get one tweet, one text, and one mention about the trilogy coming to an end, because you can watch that thing fizzle away and ruin it. Don't, please. It is almost wager time. Before we get to it, two huge reminders. First, come see us at the Hideaway. The Hideaway, Saratoga Lake Golf Club. You can join us right there. We are live Sunday, 1130 to 1 o'clock, getting you ready for all the week four action. So come by. You're looking for some fantastic Bloody Marys. I can taste them now. It has been far too long, and I want to get a garbage plate. Tim, my guy, has been talking about garbage plates. I think he told me they're only on Thursdays and Mondays. What will I have to do to get a garbage plate from Tim? Maybe he'll just start making them if people want them. That's our strategy going into this thing. The Hideaway. We are live on their Facebook page. If you're not going to be able to make it, if you're listening out of market, watch it. The Hideaway's Facebook page. Join the show. We love when you're a part of the show. Again, if you're traveling to the Capital Region, Bloody Marys, Garbage Plates, great food as always. And the show is live 1130 to 1. Getting you ready for three New York teams in the 1 o'clock window on Sunday. And our friends up north as well, Lily and David Fine Jewelers, Route 50, the shops of Wilton, my spot where I bought my engagement ring from, my wedding band and more. And now October slowly approaches, and that is the 10th anniversary of Lily and David Fine Jewelers. Shout out to Alyssa. Shout out to David. The whole family, family owned and operated business, have been able to hit that big mark, and they're going to have great things going on in October to celebrate the great occasion. Stop in, guys. Find what she's looking for. The earring, the necklace, whatever fits her style. They want to help you find it in your budget. You can start early on your holiday shopping if you want as well and find a great deal with everybody there. They want to help you find what she is looking for. There are certain things in your lives that you just have to admit. I don't know what I'm doing. I need help. Work with people who have helped me. If my sweaty butt can go in there and figure out exactly what I'm doing with their help and still get compliments to this day about the jewelry, the wedding band, the engagement ring, all that stuff. They can definitely do the same for you. It's Lily and David Fine Jewelers, Route 50, the shops of Wilton, Wilton, New York. When you stop in, 
Tell me you heard about Gaz and his story from right here on Gaz and the Go. All right, let's do it. Let's get into some picks, some college football picks, some NFL picks. First, we recap quickly. We are still above 500 in the NFL. A weird mix. We had gone 10 and 1 to start the season. And last week we finished 0 4 and 1. Now some of you might be questioning, guys, you started 10 and 1. Wait, what happened, guys? I'm getting confused. Yeah. So uh, I added in a Seahawk Niner pick recapping back that at the last second I added it in. So record was off a little bit there. So I had to take the L on that one. So my new record is now 10, 5, and 1 in the NFL. 10, 5, and 1. Let's hope we can get back on the winning tracks. Let's start with the team that got me the push last thing. The New York Giants lead this off. Bears, Giants, 1 o'clock kick. 39 is the number again. 39. 38 and a half, I believe, kicked off at. I pushed on this, going back with an under for Bears Giants. How are they going to score? John Danielle, how are they, they going to move the ball? The offenses both stink. So I will take under 39 for Bears Giants. I told you Bills Ravens earlier, that number's getting up there at 51. Don't we all just want to see an over? Don't we all just want to see Bills Ravens have a huge, high-scoring, back-and-forth, 430-can't-leave-your-seat type of game? Yeah. I do. So give me the over in Bills Ravens in that game. And I close it out with, they really can't be that bad, can they? Aren't they just flat out better than this team? Sometimes you think wagering should be as simple as that. And that's my theory on those 430 games at the end. The Packers are a nine and a half point favorite at home against New England with a backup quarterback. And the Las Vegas, I'm just called Los Angeles. I'm just called Oakland. The Las Vegas Raiders are a two-and-a-half-point favorite at home against the Broncos. The Broncos should not be 2-1. and one. They've stunk. This is a divisional game. The Raiders are not this bad. The Patriots are not that good. Let's not overthink this one. If this is an 0-2 at the fourth area, just, like, circle these two. Like, chop these up a little bit. Rather than doing a 14 parlay or 1-1-1, one, one and one, do those first two t- together. Do that Giants under and Ravens bills over. A little New York parlay. I'm staying away from that Jet game. Zach Wilson's uncertainty there scares me about touching it. Three and a half scares me too. Sorry, Chad. We'll just enjoy that one together. So, like, put those two together. And then put Patriots, Packers, Broncos, Raiders, and take Raiders and Packers. So, there's my four plays there. Raiders with the points. Packers with the points. Over in Bills. Ravens. Under in Giants. Bears. Let's see if we can get back to our winning ways. All right. Let's talk some college now. We'll do a little chop up again here for the college ones because two of these games I felt good with out of the gates from the moment the line was hosted, I felt good about. So we'll lead with those two from the moment I saw the line. Fresno State, UConn, 23 and a half. I'm taking the Huskies, UConn. Goss, what the hell are you doing? Why are you taking UConn? They got slaughtered by Syracuse. They got slaughtered by Michigan and they got killed by NC State. Now, hang on a second. Let's talk about those games we just said. NC State's playing on college game day. Michigan's a top four team in the country, and Syracuse is undefeated. So let's not act like UConn is getting... Oh, by the way, they look good in week one, right? Remember that like they came out of the gates? They, week zero, it might have actually been. So they host Fresno State with Hayner, their best quarterback, injured. Fresno State's best defensive player, injured. 23.5-point spread, but Fresno State has had to come from Fresno, California to Storrs, Connecticut for the game across the country. What fires up Fresno State for that matchup? 330 kick? Yeah, 
Give me the Huskies in that one. Give me the Huskies with all the points. I like that one. And I told myself, I said, whoever was the home team for the big noon kickoff on Fox is going to keep it close. That was my thought, Brent. So Fox is waiting for their big moment, their big game. They need something to happen to catch up with their ESPN rivals and counterparts. I said, whoever the home team is for the big noon kickoff is going to be in great shape because they're going to want a close game. Hopefully, it's a team that plays really good defense. And boom, what do I get? I get a team that plays good defense, a team that's known for upsets. I get Iowa against Michigan. Now, am I bold enough to tell you that Iowa's going to beat Michigan? No. But 10.5 points at home, Hawkeye Stadium. I know that's not the name of it, but I'm going to call it that now. I know they have the Heisman Trophy winner of the stadium's Nippert Stadium, I believe it is. I like the Hawkeyes. I want to hear Gus Johnson. Maybe Jason Benedict's calling the game. But I can believe in Iowa Michigan. You're going to notice one guy influenced my picks a lot this week and not so much from his podcast. Well, support fellow podcasts, but from Twitter. And that's Chris Bear Felica, who had the stat, one of his three I'm going to drop here, that top five teams have lost 40 times recently. And in those 40 times, 10% has been Iowa winning those games. I'll at least take the Hawkeyes with the points. So I've got UConn, I've got Iowa. Another Bear Felica drop, and I love this one. Tulsa plus nine and a half against Cincinnati. The Bearcats in most recent times have not been able to cover against the Golden Hurricane. Just one, not plural in that instance. So Tulsa against Cincinnati, the history has told me that's going to hit. 13 of the last 15 games, right? Tulsa's covered when they've been an underdog. I like that, Bear. You're feeding me this week. I like these stats. So UConn. Tulsa, Iowa, and I'll take Virginia. I'll take Virginia, who just played Syracuse, just screwed me last week. And one of my favorite things, 14 of 18, Duke has lost outright as an ACC favorite. You're giving these types of stats, like they're not like 50-50s. Like we're talking about double-digit times we're talking about things happening. And all those things make sense. So give me Virginia, give me Tulsa, UConn and Iowa. All right, those are the picks for this week. So if I don't get these right, I will blame Bear Felica. But his rationale was good. Share stuff with me on social media. You just watched and heard and learned. I'll say it on this podcast. Let's cash some tickets. Catch y'all again in October.